Welcome to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad that you have joined us today in person and online. As you are able, please stand for our opening hymns. All right, so we're all gonna be on this spot today. We're, it's gonna be young at heart. I'm not gonna make the one or two uh, young people who are here come forward, so we'll all be participating today. 
Welcome, my name is April Olt, coordinator of Children's Ministries here, and it's a blessing to have you here in this space and also joining us virtually. We have been talking about the power of prayer, specifically the Lord's Prayer. And today, our focus is on praise. So what I wanna ask you is, so I'm gonna need some participation here from the audience. What are some events that we go to that we shout out and celebrate? What are some events we go to where we shout out and celebrate? Dodger games, what else? Yes, weddings, I heard birthdays earlier, what else? Yeah, baseball, all kinds of sports events, all of that, yeah. Yeah, baptisms, yes. And that is not a plant, I promise, all right. And we celebrate because we're fans, because we're celebrating a person, we're celebrating an event. And there are many different ways that we can praise and celebrate and be fans. So I wonder sometimes, where is the shouting out in church? In, the, in our praise and our prayers. There's a time for silent reflection, absolutely. And we praise uh, God and celebrate God in our wonderful, beautiful music that we have. And we celebrate and praise the children coming forward during Palm Sunday. Yet I wonder sometimes too, does anybody else feel moved sometimes to just shout out an amen? Right? So, so let's take a moment and practice that. We're going to step outside of our comfort zones. I'm a professional improviser, so I do that all the time. So I just want you, however you want to praise and shout out a praise of celebration to God, whether it's amen or praise God or happy to be here, whatever it is, we're all going to take a moment. We're going to shout that out. Are you ready? One, two, three. And let's take that energy forward and acknowledge that, yes, there are times that we need a silent prayer, and there are times that we need to shout it from the rooftops and praise God and celebrate God and be a fan when we're here. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, let's, we will do the other side of prayer and bow our heads in a silent prayer. Dearest Lord, thank you for this wonderful place where we can gather, where we can praise you and celebrate you in prayer in all of the different ways that we have, whether it's in images and pictures and people and love and songs and yes, a big shout out and an amen. Help us remember this as we move forward because we get such a beautiful vision of this in children and the excitement that they have when they come here and run and feel that this is their space and their community. And all God's children said, all right, we're going to hear this all week. I, I want to come back. I want to come back next week, and I want to hear it just like this. All right. So let's take this forward as we greet one another and to pass the peace in a way that is distant and comfortable for all of you. Peace be with you. I'm so happy to see everyone here today. We're so grateful that you're with us. I invite you now to take a deep breath, settle yourself. Just take a deep breath. Let it out. We're going to enter into that special time during our service where we make a moment for conversation with God separate from the noise of the outside world, the occasional motorcycle that goes by this church on a Sunday morning, the traffic, the parking, all the things that it took for you to get here today, some of them really difficult and maybe some of them inside. You are here and God is glad. So now let us receive the introduction to prayer from our beautiful choir.
Holy Creator, make us each a channel of your peace. Where there is anger and despair, help us to find your hope and your kindness. Where there is sorrow and loss, help us to be vessels of your healing and forgiveness. Help us to be your light in the world. Make our words of love true so that all might know that they belong to you. God, we pray this morning for the end of war and suffering, for peace and recovery for the people of Ukraine, for a moment in the future when this trauma will have passed. But suffering is real now, and we pray that you will be with each person in that place, giving them strength and courage. On this May 1st, International Day of the Worker, we pray for workers around the world. May their labor be valued, safe, and dignified. We pray for humane immigration reform and the swift reunification of families separated by borders and human laws. We pray that the hearts of men can be changed and that they will change, and that the thirst for domination and control that drives war and violence of all kind will come to an end. We pray for a tomorrow that is brighter than today. God, we ask these things as grand as they are, as difficult as they are for us to imagine how we will accomplish them, because we know that you are a God of extravagant and all-redeeming love, and we know that all is possible through you and your son, Jesus. Be with those in our community who are in need of healing and have experienced loss. Comfort them, heal them, surround them with your love and presence. God, we have many prayers that remain unsaid, and so we offer them now to you in a moment of silence. Heavenly Parent, we lift up to you our joys and our concerns, our gratitude and our fears. Continue to pour your Holy Spirit over each part of our lives so that we might be inspired and always find our footing in a constantly changing world. We know that through you all things are possible, and we are so grateful. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Good morning. So many things that I want to share with you about what's coming in the life of the church over the next few weeks. So pull out your little pencil or be prepared to take notes later. But today we're going to have the amazing opportunity after church to meet our incredible music department, our choir, our music leaders. We're going to be having cupcakes in the parlor. If you're interested in how we do music here, if you're interested in being a part of music here, please join us. You don't have to be a star soloist. You just have to bring the joy that God has placed in our heart as one of the gifts of worship. And we'll be so excited to see you there. And did I mention that there's cupcakes? Next Sunday is Mother's Day, and we will be having a breakfast. All are invited, not just moms. Anyone who wants to join us is welcome to come, and that is from 9.30 to 10.45 a.m. in the gym. We will be planning our Pride Parade participation, which we're super excited about, Monday, May 9th, by Zoom at 7 p.m. If you want to be a part of that meeting, please email Pastor Kathy, and she will give you the information. And lastly, our church is going to be participating in direct service with a wonderful organization called Food on Foot, Food on Foot, um, on May 22nd after church from 12:30 to 2:30. It's an opportunity to be with some of our unhoused neighbors to give some direct support and service, and it's right here in the community outside the LGBT. 
uh, LGBTQ Center. Um, and we're just really glad to be going to actually be able to put our hands and feet back in the world as we begin to emerge from the pandemic. If you'd like to participate, please email me. We do have to register ahead of time. I do have a few registrations, which is super exciting. We want a great group from Hollywood to go, and we'd love for you to go with us. And we're going to register ahead of time because there's a donation associated with it, and that's going to come from the heart of our congregation. So we hope that you'll be able to join us. And lastly, everything that we do here, all of this that you experience and see, all the work that we do in the world to the service of Christ is made possible not just through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but through the blessing and offering that you provide. We invite you to give as generously as you are able so that our church can continue to be a bright beacon of hope, love, inclusivity, and Jesus' love in the world. Thank you. That's not the last announcement, I'm sorry. Last Friday was a very special day for <laughs> Pastor Bridie as she and her twin celebrated their birthday. So we wanna say happy birthday to Pastor Bridie. Oh <laughs> the last announcement, <laughs> so may the ushers come forward at this time.
reading from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus, Jesus came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. A word of God that is still speaking. This morning, we continue our Eastertide sermon series, Why Pray? The 19th century Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard wrote that the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. When we place ourselves before God in prayer, we are changed. Our hearts are opened. We no longer think of ourselves as self-sufficient. Instead, we open ourselves to God's presence and power in our lives and form a relationship with God through prayer. During these six weeks, we're considering not just why, but how to pray by looking at the elements of the Lord's Prayer as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And as a basis for this series, I'm using a book by the Reverend Adam Hamilton, the president, of, uh, the pastor of the United, the, oh, let me start that again. Book by Adam Hamilton, who is the senior pastor of the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City, the largest United Methodist Church in the nation. It's, it's called The Lord's Prayer, The Meaning and Power of the Prayer that Jesus Taught. I encourage you to read the book and then join our online discussion group on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock via Zoom. We began our series last week by contemplating our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We started by asking why Jesus says our rather than my, concluding that because we all belong to God, we need to acknowledge our corporate, our community prayer to God. This week, we're taking the next phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And a similar phrasing occurs. We acknowledge that we pray, but not that our own desires should dominate, but rather those of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That distinction is important because it's human nature to want to claim what is mine, not thine. You think about a toddler's first words when interacting with others. What are they? Mine. It's mine. Give it to me. It's mine. It's not so different for us as adults, really. Our natural tendency is to consider what's going to be best for me rather than what's going to be best for thee. The Lord's Prayer teaches us that that is not what God wants from us because prayer, it's not all about me. The great preacher Harry Emerson Fosdick who was pastor of the Riverside Church in New York and the author of our opening hymn this morning, which he wrote for the dedication of Riverside Church in the early 1900s. He once wrote that prayer is not about giving advice to God. Specifically, he said, God is not a cosmic bellboy for whom we can press a button to get things. You see, prayer is not about convincing God. It's about training our hearts to realize that it's not all about us. Prayer is about claiming the call of God upon our lives, which is God's will for us and living into it fully. In our gospel lesson this morning, we see Jesus claiming the call of God on his life. And there goes that motorcycle, just like Bridie prayed. And the next sentence is, and the wheels were already in motion. God's timing, I'm telling you, that's God's timing. You see, Jesus knew it was a matter of time before Judas returned with the Roman authorities and he would be arrested and put to death by crucifixion. 
it's important that we not romanticize the pain that Jesus was going to endure. He wasn't just facing death. He was first going to be tortured and then suffer a long and painful death. And the Gospels tell us that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he struggled with the agony that he knew was to come. As I reflected on this passage and put myself there in the garden with Jesus, seeing him wrestle with God in prayer, asking, can this cup not pass from me? I found myself amazed by the enormity of God's love for us all over again. I didn't just simply find my faith restored or I see the power of God inherent in his dilemma. Both true, but both descriptions of Jesus in the garden are comments relating to the head, not the heart. The ability to love so deeply to the point of giving up your life, that agape love that really wants what's best for you, not for me, that agape love that cares for others beyond oneself, that's not from the head. That's from the heart. But it goes deeper. Here is Jesus the Christ, fully human and fully divine, choosing to bear his soul with us through active prayer, telling us in so many words that he's frightened. Luke's version described the pressure that Jesus felt that evening. Being in anguish, his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. It's an image of the Gethsemane crushing the oil from the olive. Like only a few other times in the Gospels, we see the fully human, vulnerable side of Jesus, like we did when he wept at the death of Lazarus, or we saw his anger as he turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple, or when he was hanging on the cross, how he told his beloved disciple to take care of his mother. And Jesus' prayer is very clear He'd really rather not go through with this, thank you very much. That if there's any other way for God's grace and love to be manifest for this present time and for all the generation and worlds to come, can it please be so? If this is possible, let this cup pass for me. Yet, Jesus says, not what I want, but what you want, O God, let it be done. Not my will, but thy will. And we know the rest of the story. When we pray, not my will, but thy will, O Lord, we are giving up control. We are trusting in the God of creation to follow in the ways in that we should follow. That was the main lesson that was taught in another garden. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, when they brushed aside the teachings of God, when they ignored God's plan and order for all of creation, they prayed a different prayer. They didn't pray, not what I want, but what you want, O God. They prayed, not what you want, O God, it's what we want. Let that be done. And our challenge for today is really to pray not as Adam and Eve did, but to pray as Jesus did. Not what I want, O oh God, but what you want. And to live out that prayer, not just in words, but in actions. Because ultimately, our actions are our prayer. So let's go back to the Lord's Prayer and look at our phrase for the morning. Thy kingdom come... Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now there are places in both the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures where the kingdom on earth is imagined. There's a fancy theological term for this called eschatological. It describes the final state of the world. These passages show us the world not in its current manifestation, but rather what it could be. The prophet Isaiah talked about the wolf shall lie down with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. 
Isaiah and Micah both had the same prophecy where they said they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And in the revelation to John, there is a vision of there I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. God's own self will be with them. God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will pass away for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. These are visions of what the kingdom, what the world could be when the kingdom of God is on earth. Now, we can all think of examples of where we have seen glimpses of the kingdom of God on earth, where we've seen enemies put down their firearms, where love for one's neighbor has triumphed over hate, where folks have given sacrificially to help others who are in need. Two of the three special offerings at this year's annual conference will support our own jurisdictional efforts in helping rebuild families and churches in Tonga following the tsunami, and UMCOR's efforts in providing relief to the growing, growing Ukrainian diaspora, who are mostly women and children flood their, who have fled their homes due to the war. When we come together to seek the well-being of others, when we work collectively for justice and peace to prevail, that's the portion of the kingdom of God that has already come that has broken in and is present. However, as Adam Hamilton correctly notes, the very reason we must pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is because God's will often is not done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this precisely because God's sovereignty does not mean that everything occurs, happens because God wills it. We have to pray for God's kingdom to come and work for God's will to be done. He continues, the Lord's Prayer calls us to examine the world around us and ask where does the world as it is not align with the world as it should be? What would our world look like if God's will was done on earth as it is in heaven? Ron Heifetz, who is a professor at the Kennedy Harvard School of Government uh, has a diagram. I couldn't find his diagram, so I found a stock one, but it still works. On uh, the bottom arrow that is uh, horizontal, that is the world as it is. The one at the 45 degree angle describes the world as it could be. And what Heifetz says is that the role of leaders is to help us close the gap between the world as it is and the world as it could be. And that's what we're praying for in the Lord's Prayer. Today is May 1st. And in a new way, we sadly experience the world as it is, as the non-inclusive global Methodist church establishes itself with a small percentage of formerly united Methodist clergy and congregations. Now, they may be happy with their cookie-cutter theology that defines God according to their very narrow interpretation of Scripture, but as I said on Easter, I take no joy in their departure. As there are children or youth in those congregations, every single one of them, who are gay or trans, and who will not be taught that they are loved by God, just as they are. They will not be allowed to grow up to be pastors or even to be married in their home church. That is the opposite of God's desire for us. And yet that is happening as we speak today. So as I invite us all to pray for those who depart the denomination this day, we here in the Western jurisdiction rejoice in the leadership that we have, and especially in our annual conference. 
our Bishop Grant Hagia issued a statement on Friday in which he defines how we are choosing to close that gap between the world as it is and the world as it's supposed to be, to pray that God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And he wrote in part that the California Pacific Conference, our annual conference at Southern California, Hawaii, Guam, and Saipan, our conference continues to aspire to be a more just and inclusive force in the world. Yes, we have failed in this calling many times, and we have work of repentance and restitution to do, yet with intentional commitment and by God's grace, we can seek to become a beloved community and live more faithfully to our calling. We can stop the harm to LGBTQIA siblings, communities of color, and our immigrant congregations, those who live with differing conditions and creation itself. As United Methodists, we believe that we are stronger together. Our diversity is a gift from God which we have not yet claimed. This is a critical time to discover and model what unity in Christ looks like. Uniformity is not unity, and we need not fear our differences. The last two years of living with a global pandemic have underscored again and again that we need each other. We have risen to the challenge of not asking first what someone believed to see if we would serve them or come to their aid. We have stood shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart, and we have been the body of Christ. As United Methodists, we embrace a church built on loving relationships rather than uniformity in thought and action. To honor the God that makes all of this possible, that claims us in baptism and sends us into the world, we will continue to be United Methodists, living into perfect love. We will be liberal, evangelical, progressive, traditionalist, middle-of-the-road, conservative, centrist, and many other expressions of love and grace. Together, we will continue to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Amen? So now, family, as we prepare to gather around the table of hope, the table of grace, the table of love which Jesus sets for us, let us pray together. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So special for me to be able to uh, invite us to the Lord's table today because this is our first Sunday since Easter to come to the Lord's table. Every Sunday before that, we were remembering Jesus with the disciples in the upper room 
before he went to Gethsemane and prayed that prayer and before his arrest and crucifixion. But today we prepare to come to the table after celebrating the resurrection and celebrating a risen Christ present with us. For we know that there was a time when some of the disciples were walking to a town named Emmaus and someone was walking alongside them and opening up the scriptures to them. And when they got to the town, he was about to leave and they said to him, stay with us. And he stayed. And when he lifted the bread and gave thanks to God and broke the bread, they recognized it was the risen Lord present with them. It was the risen Christ present with them. And so they ran right back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples. And not long after that, the disciples went back to Galilee and they went fishing and they fished all night and they didn't catch a thing. And in the morning, from the shore, Jesus called out to them, put your net on the other side. And they put their net on the other side of the boat. And then they caught so many fish, they couldn't even bring them all in. And Jesus said, bring them in and I will give you breakfast. And so as they came in, they brought the fish and Jesus cooked them fish for breakfast. The risen Lord, the risen Christ, and so now, every time we lift the cup, we remember how Jesus said, this is my body that is given for you, the blood of the new covenant for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you drink it, you know that I am there with you. And every time we receive the bread and the cup, a risen Lord is present with us. And so we pray today, Oh God, we ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us who are gathered here and on these, your gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be the body of Christ for the world. Make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in mission and ministry to all the world until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast together at the heavenly banquet. And so with confidence as the children of God, let us pray the entire prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'll invite the ushers to come down the aisles. For any of you who do not have your cups uh, with uh, the wafer and the juice, still praying for the day that we can come to the altar and receive the bread and the cup. If you'll just raise your hand if you need a cup, uh, then the ushers will make sure you have one because there will be a few of you I know that uh, do not have one and uh, you'll need to get one. Yeah. Just lift your hand if you need one. Yeah. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. We are so blessed to be a part of the family of God, adopted by the great gifts that Christ has offered, grace, love, forgiveness. We too are children of Abraham and Sarah. And now as you all have, I'll invite you to uh, lift the top and receive from the wafer the bread of life and then to drink from the cup the cup of salvation 
the cup of the new covenant. Let us pray. Gracious God, we're thankful for teaching us how to pray. We're thankful for these gifts that you have given to us to remind us of your great love for us. Be with us now and may they empower us to go forward to share your love. We pray in the name of the Christ. Amen. is going to lead out first so they can be in the parlor to serve you cupcakes because we know that's what you've been waiting for. But go and meet the choir, have a cupcake. And if you're still hungry and you need more carbs and sugar, we have a small birthday cake for Pastor Bridie. So for her birthday. Finally, if you, I know all of you read my From the Pastor every Friday at 10 o'clock. As soon as it comes out, I know you do, but in case you just missed it this week, I'm asking for, our, on behalf of the staff, asking for suggestions for our CrossFlix sermon series. Uh, and so I, in that email is listed uh, some of the ones we know we're doing, like CODA and Encanto and Belfast, but there's others out there and we may not know about them, so please send us your suggestions uh, and we would be grateful for that. Know that all that, we, all that we have and all that we are belongs to God. So go forth this day knowing and praying the prayer that Jesus prayed so that God's kingdom might come on earth and it's because that we help bring it so. Go forth now in love. Amen. <laughs> 